sexy way of knowing. <laughs> direction we are going is a fitting metaphor for running a pro wrestling organization. So <laughs> three of the best at this are on the fucking phone and can't make this shit work. That's wrestling. Damn folks. Russians. <laughs> here's here's the difference though. I think I, I I'm shit Hank, you might as well stay on this motherfucker. So like um I was thinking about this the other day. I think um if you have like like a like a spectrum argument if you will I think Gary and I are are on one side of it, and uh, Matt Hankins is on the other, which means he's clearly wrong. No, what it means is, like, Gary is good. I think his strength is sort of enlisting people and getting them to do what he wants them to do. And that's, like, the most important thing you can have as a promoter, honestly. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at that. And then Hankins actually knows how to do stuff, um, which I don't know what that said. Gary, would you agree with that? Or would you say, like, nah, I, I, I know how to do more than you think? Like, do, oh, like the no. sound, like... I don't know how to do shit. I mean, like, all the writing, all the sound, like, all that stuff, like, you, have, you, you, you wouldn't know how to use any of it? I literally, I'm not even being funny here. I wouldn't even know how to turn on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, oh, holy shit. Okay, like, because I don't know how to do anything. And Hankins will tell you much the same, right? Um, when, but, so when did you figure out you were good at fucking getting people to, to follow your vision on shit? When, when did that happen? Literally, I don't even mean to say it, my whole life. Like, every group I was in, I was the leader. And people just kind of always followed. I was always the vision guy. You know, I've never worked a job in my life. When I was 16 years old, I opened up my own comic book store and baseball card shop. So I've never had a corporate job of any kind. Um, it's just what I've always done. I've always been a vision guy, and I've always – I believe people want to be part of big vision. So people just have always kind of rallied around and been like, hell, yeah, let's do what he thinks. And they know how to make it happen. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely shift gears on you. I figure we might as well set this precedent, but and and the precedent is this for all three of the people here. Ask whatever the fuck you want. If you think somebody's calling, saying something that might be bullshit, just say like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, go ahead and do it, because uh, I'll just I can only speak for me on this one. I do exaggerate a lot, and sometimes I get caught up in in the idea I'm trying to get across overriding um, and oversimplifying the truth 
Um, oh, I get that. Now, let me ask you something. Are we live or are we recording this and then posting it? How's that working? We are Good hopefully question. going to record this and post it. Um, so it even is. if it don't work, we're just going to have a great conversation. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine this being any different. We're going to be three dudes talking, and then uh, they might just hear me and Steve talking, and then these big blank places, there might just be you and Steve. Who the fuck knows? We're going to find out all together, gang. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to working at PCW. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this is very PCW because something fucked up, Blog Talk Radio. And then I kind of put out a concept and an idea. Oh, if there's only some way that the three of us could talk on a conference call and record it. And then Hankins makes it happen much quicker than I was expecting. And then I have to go, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, I guess we're just going to keep talking. And then I only loosely remember what I was going to ask Gary in sort of like the loosest terms. Visionaries need technicians. Who's the, who's who's your who's your Matt Hankins? Uh, well, it would depend on one aspect. So when it comes to wrestling type stuff, obviously it would be Dilling. When it comes yeah. comes to our building, it's a guy named Speedy that knows everything about our building. You know, he knows he knows the sounds, he knows the lighting, he knows I like he knows how to turn the AC on, he knows what. <laughs> And so there's, there's so many moving parts to what I do with my festival. It's a guy named Daryl Collins. Um, he knows how to make – he could answer the questions before I can. He would answer them the way – he's been with me five years. He knows how I think. So cool. I just always put people around me that necessarily weren't visionaries and let them do their thing, you know, like Dylan. I let Dylan do his thing. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there because it's always bothered me when people take this route with you. Um, so I'm going to give you a chance to address it and maybe I'm way off. Okay. So the number one thing I don't like that people go to when they want to criticize you is, and it's always indirect. They never say you by name, which I also think is kind of a pussy move, but, but basically when they say, what kind of way to act is this for a pastor? Usually in regards to you being arrogant or self-assured or aggressive about what you say now that, but I, I do get the complaint where it seems unseemly, I guess, is, unless I can think of a better word or Hankins can, but you know what I'm getting at. So when, when people say things like that to you and be real, does it bother you on any kind of level? I notice you usually don't explain yourself ever. You never explain it away, or you never engage in those arguments. Why don't you engage in the argument, and what do you really feel about it, and what do you really think about it? I legitimately, now, if it comes to wrestling things, I'm only a year in, so things still bother me. I've been a pastor for 20 years, so all these arguments that the wrestling crowd now throws out at me, the community has thrown at me for 15 years. When I was doing craft beer festivals, the craft beer crowd was throwing at me. So I'm so used to it that it literally, it really doesn't bother me. Um, now, again, like the, some of the criticisms in wrestling, my skin is still thin in that area. I haven't been doing it wrong. But when it comes to the pastoring, I kind of have to take this limp-wristed guy with a perm that sits side saddle on a horse. And we kind of feminize Jesus when I think he was a badass. And so, mm. um, so 
it kind of, I feel like the North American church is just kind of catered towards women. That's why men don't go anywhere. So my theology is different. So this is my theology is that Jesus was a badass. He, he went into the temple and overturned the tables. He made a whip. Um, he preached love, but he also had no problem confronting hypocrisy. And he did it in a very aggressive manner. And I will say this about a lot of people that make that criticism of Gary. One story I heard about Gary was he said, why has everybody got to bring up my shoot job, which I thought was absolutely hilarious and the most wrestling thing, the most wrestling dude answer you could give. <laughs> and the other part of it is Gary reminds me of every youth pastor I ever had, and those were always everybody's favorite dudes, and they had big youth pastor energy, and they often didn't last long because of that. So yeah, it's it's not as a trope. He's not even that far removed from regular old Southern baptism, or that's probably not the right uh, phrasing of that. Regular old Southern Baptist uh, uh, acting. He's a youth pastor, not to, to not to denigrate what you have accomplished. You no, spent twenty years in the game, game but right. like that's the energy you come in with. Like I'm gonna grab this church by the throat and shake it, and we're gonna sell the hell out of these candy bars, and we can't wait to go to Panama City and love the Lord. Yeah, you know, eighty percent, eighty percent of the people who attend our church never attended church before. Or let me rephrase that. I call them D church. They have been out of church for a long period of time, so we're not reaching the religious, and so. We're reaching the 74% of the people in my community who don't attend church because they don't think it's relevant to their lives. And I tell people all the time, I, I, I just preach Jesus, man. I, I did Jesus. I, I, my wife bought me a church and I love Jesus, but I cuss a lot. You know, I mean, that's just kind of who I am. Even in wrestling, like this is not a gimmick. It's just my personality. You've been around me enough now, Steve, and on 24-7, this is who I am. Yeah. It made me be something else. I don't know how to be anything else. I uh, I agree with all that. Uh, one thing I think is really funny. So so Jeff Jeff G Bailey is in town, and so he came by my place. Now you got to realize, like none of my older friends have seen my new place, so it was very disorienting, right? Like I I just figured I would meet him by Universal, right? And then he's just like, oh hell no, I want to see where he lives. I want to buy shit, see. I want to see. Got some shit in there, and I want to see. So, so, you know, we're sitting there talking, and, and at first we're admiring how much weight both, both of us have lost, right? We're just kind of looking at, oh, he's lost weight, I lost weight. And then we took a bunch of badass pictures, which I will post up slowly. Um, but, you know, and then we, got, we got to a conversation about different people, and then the conversation landed on Gary. And he goes like, so you're doing this fucking thing with Gary. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he just goes, he goes, man... He goes, I'm a little nervous. So Jeff was a little nervous about it because he went, I feel like you're going to say something. He goes, I, he goes, I, I just hope you guys don't get to the point where both of you completely disagree on a point that you won't back down. And it turns into that. And, uh, I went, I don't, I don't think that would happen, but then again, I don't know. It's weird. I feel like I know you, Gary, but I don't yeah, he, know, he, you he, know, you know, he said, Hey, Stay calm on the phone with Steve. And I said, I said I'm sure it will get heated. And I responded to him. I said, but you know an amazing thing? Grown men who respect each other can disagree. Well, yeah, and I, mean, I think we know where, like, okay, so if Gary and I are on one side and Matt Hankins is on the other as far as knowing how to do shit, <laughs> not knowing how to do shit, I think, uh, you know, Hankins 
and Gary are on one side of the teeter-totter, and I'm on the other as far as belief goes, which is one of the things that I always um, – strangely enough, I'm never conscious of that when I'm talking to Gary, but I'm always t- conscious of it when I talk to Hankins, uh, which would probably shock even Hankins. I made um, a face. Because <laughs> um, ever, ever since, you know, I, I don't remember how it dropped, but like you, you're just like, no, I believe. And then at that point, I sort of mentally went, I need to be less, like, I need to be conscious of that. I don't need to, like, hide anything. No. Um, but I'm conscious of that. And I always wondered, so, Gary, what is your legit opinion? I mean, my father, you know, he went to seminary school. He was a Southern Baptist, died in the wool, and my mom was what she was like Buddhist Shinto and, and all this kind of stuff. So like a lot of religion going on in my house and somehow I, I would say I escaped, but other people would say that I just didn't, I didn't take on any of their beliefs. Uh, does that influence the people and how you deal with them, whether they're Christian or not, or a believer or not, or anything like that. And I mean, yeah. you don't have to give a political, it really doesn't affect it at all. It doesn't affect anything. I, and again, I don't, I know this sounds like bullshit, but I am who I am. So I always tell my crowd, if you don't like me on Sunday, you're not going to like me at Kroger on Tuesday. And <laughs> I, I did the same way around people all the time. Um, you know, we had a, a lady who I love to death recently tell me, she said, man, I'm really struggling with the fact that you cuss on Sunday mornings. Mm. And, and I told her, I, I was very, I, I told her I understood her point of view and I loved her. But at the end of the day, I am who I am, you know. And I said, there's a whole crowd of people that relate to that. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm just who I am. I don't, I, I get that if you're an outsider, it comes across as kind of a phony or a fake. But anybody that knows me will tell you, like, this is who I am. Um, I'm loud. I'm, I hate the word cocky, but I'm pretty cocky. You're cocky. And, yeah, you're cocky. I mean, there's no doubt. You know, I just am who I am. And even when I got into wrestling, like, I I didn't seek out to attack people. I just just am who I am. When I started doing barbecue competitions and hosting them, it was the same way. All the barbecue competitions that already existed hated me because I just came out of nowhere. I I don't know any other way to be. And, And I've shared this with you before, Steve. It's actually been a challenge for me to get to the top because I don't know how to be at the top. I know how to fight to get to the top. And now that I'm at the top, I'm like, fuck, who's my rage now? Like, who, who, who's the enemy? Who the fuck are we fighting? And I, I feel like I'm learning that now. I've been reading a lot about that. And I'm um, reading a lot about Tom Brady and Jordan and, and how they kept that mindset. But that was new to me. We came, we became so quickly the top in Georgia that it's like, fuck, now what? Is, is, that, is that why you're trying to go into Chattanooga and all these other retarded fucking stop, ideas? Stop. Don't go to Chattanooga. It's bad. There's no don't go. Don't go. Well, so we keep data on everything. So right okay. now, 23% of our crowd comes from Adairsville towards Chattanooga. So we feel like we have a good nucleus there to start something. Um I truly do, and you're going to find this amusing, I truly believe that we could take Southern Honor on the road. So as I explore cities, Chattanooga and Macon seem to be where we have the most people coming from. And um, it just seems natural to me. And I legit, again, this is not a hobby to me. So I legit think we can take Southern Honor to something else. And I've got 
some influential people who are, if, if need be, I, I try to avoid this at all costs, but who are willing to invest to take it on the road. And, um, but we're trying to move slow on that. A lot of that got put on the back burner the minute Dylan started getting just run ragged by AEW. So, I mean, we're trying to be smart in that area. And um, I, I do think expansion and going on the road is something we will do. I, and I have to know myself, can I do this outside of Canton? And I was the same way with my barbecue and Bruce festivals. Everyone was like, you, he's great, but he couldn't do it outside of Canton. Well, now my Canton ones are my smallest ones. If I go to other cities, they're bigger, you know, because they're bigger cities. I, I mean, that's a valid counter-argument as there is. I just can't imagine. I mean, if, if what Gunnar Miller said is true, which is if there's 400 people, 200 plus are there for Gary, how is that going to work in a place like Chattanooga? I just don't I, – I, I can't if wrap I my mind around add it. add this to the conversation, Gary, when they moved Starcade to Chicago, it was the worst move they ever did. Of course, um, but they moved to Chicago. I'm talking about moving an hour and a half up the road to Chattanooga where I already have a, a large nucleus of people and a place that has a lot of shitbird promotion that I believe if somebody came in there and put on something powerful, those fans of those shitbird promotions, but they want something bigger and better. And again, I've seen that in the church world. I came to town 15 years ago, and this town was full of small churches of 50 people. I came in with lights and projection and casual dress. All of a sudden, we're packing the damn place out, and 1,500, 2,000 people were showing up in a movie theater, you know. Where else are you thinking of going? I like making a lot. Um, I like making a lot. I like Atlanta, and actually, Cody Rhodes has told us to go to Atlanta, but I don't see the point of going to Atlanta. I have a free building in Canton, so I don't yeah. know why I would pay to go to Atlanta when the, basically anybody that's going to go to Atlanta would come to Canton and the building's free. I would agree with that. Yeah. Cody was pushing hard. He said, just for bragging rights, you guys need to go to center stage. And I'm like, shit, why do I want to rent a building for ten grand when I got a building for free 30 minutes away? How much were you charging um, GPW to be in the building? Uh, don't quote me on this, but I want to say we were charging them 250 a show. $250 fucking dollars? Yeah. <laughs> why the fuck didn't they just keep running there? Uh, well, here's the deal. Because five goes before them, the fall. When I told uh, them we were going to start, you know what my deal with them was? I said, because they were doing two shows a month. I said, we'll run the first Friday. They were running the second and fourth Saturday, I believe. And I said, I'll give you one of the shows for free, and you let me use your barriers and your ring. So I was only going to charge them two, uh, 125 a show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just cried. That was me crying. It's the yeah. dumbest decision that has been made in Georgia wrestling. Speak I don't hangings. know since uh, since Danny Ball's <laughs> Anarchy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I mean, you you'd opened the building up to them truly, meaning they could have used the the lights, they could have used the sound system, they could have used all the goodies, right? The ring was there. Oh, the ring was there. It was there. They put it on wheels and moved that motherfucker. That's what I couldn't believe. I put it on wheels. I put it on wheels where all we had to do was slide behind the curtains. They were using my chairs. They were using the only thing that they were using of theirs was their barriers, which of course we have 250 feet of barriers, so they were using some of ours, and they were using their ring. 
Woody gotcha. would have stayed. I have no doubt about that. Woody, yeah. I could yep. see, at the conference table when I sit with Daryl and Woody, I could see Woody verbally supporting Daryl, but I could see it on his face like, mm-hmm. this is stupid. We do not want to go back to this shithole gym. No, I mean, Woody clawed his way back, swallowing his pride, eating shit, and becoming practical. That's how they got back into the game. That's why I hate the narrative. I mean, it's the only person who despised Daryl Morris more than Gary perhaps was me. And it's because I hated that they got away from the practical side and that so many guys who loved Woody backed Daryl Morris publicly and otherwise who knew better. Scott Hensley knows better and all the boys knew better. And they still got behind Daryl Morris at the well, expense ultimately. For sure. Yeah. But, but I mean, the shit they used to tell me when Daryl Morris, full, I'm, I'm going to compare Gary to Daryl Morris and just to get Gary mad, really. <laughs> and so the first I ever heard of Daryl Morris was Scott Hensley just going like, yeah, there's this guy putting up this money, blah, blah, blah. And then Scott Hensley would try to argue with me that, but it could work. But, but everything rational in me and all the experience and all the mistakes I had made told me this thing is doomed, right? Cause the guy's snake bit. I don't care how many sponsors you claim you have and blah, blah, blah. If you're spending too much money and wasting it, you're spending too much money and wasting it, whether it's yours or somebody else's at the end of the day, it doesn't belie good sense in the long term. And so my thing was, uh, and the first encounter I had with Gary was all of this discussion. So when Gary would say stuff like, we should have been promotion of the year last year, even though we only ran like three or four shows, I would just go like, I never heard of this motherfucker. I I gotta I okay, I'm gonna take umbrage with that statement. And here and and god damn you for making me fucking back Southern Fright up in any fucking thing. Um but but, but can you say that when Southern Fried had basically carried the water all year long? I just I don't okay. so let me tell you this. I will yeah. say this. Yeah. I have said over and over, me and Dylan had this discussion all the time. What defines promotion of the year? So you're right. As far as the consistency, running twice a month, drawing crowds, that was their year. In my mind, though, as far as creating buzz and getting people okay. excited outside, even outside of Georgia, and getting people like Chris on board and Dallas on board and all these different people and people getting genuinely excited about wrestling, we did more in four months than every promotion did combined. So that I guess that I always struggle with what is the definition of promotion of the year, and I still don't necessarily have a like in my opinion. And this is man, I I genuinely get along with David Manders. Me and him probably talk every three weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, based on my definition of promotion of the year, I don't even know how they're in the running with us. Uh, I I mean Charles died. I think they have the zeitgeist. I like that. That's that's what I would base it on. It's just zeitgeist. I can't even. I can't even. I'm not I'm even being as specific year, as you. This year, though. Oh, this I, year. Yeah. How that raised them in the discussion again? I don't mean this seriously, but when when major radio stations are call, they're calling us. When major touring groups are calling us. When major acts are saying, "Hey, big cast is like, I need to start revitalizing my career." He called us and said, "Can I come wrestle?" Sure. So 
like, but again, it goes back to I don't know the right answer because what is death? What is? And I'd love to hear Hankins' opinion on this. What is the definition of promotion of the year? And let me let me throw this out there, and then I think Hankins is the right guy to answer because we can all stare at him and watch him sweat. So Southern Fried momentum, like Southern Honor, the biggest, no, undoubtedly. Action, because if you didn't hear my last um, full disclosure, I sort of went, I I went hard at at Griffin and uh, Dylan Hales and Scott Hensley because I heard about them talking shit and basically going, me amongst other people don't get it. That I I always hate when people say I don't fucking get something. Uh, I've got more texts today from workers asking me. You listen to Platinum's podcast, or the other day. I mean, normally I'll get one or two, but I got legit guys that were in your top, multiple guys that were in your top ten wrestlers, being like, Platinum nailed it today. I will, okay, because I don't brag on. It, it sounds like I brag on PCW all the time. I don't, but I just couldn't take it anymore when I'd heard that it was like he doesn't get it. That it's it's about you know we're getting guys into this promotion and that promotion nowhere. And I was just like, fuck, man, I I found the next level guys. I think Southern Honor uses like guys that are unexpected and big. I found guys, right? And I created guys. From, from and so he's like only all the guys that have went to the next level that you've trained. I would I would agree with that. Well, and and that guys that I guys that I plucked out of Florida, who I would send you know to fucking sacred ground. It's just like I'm driving Richard Swan in week before he gets the WWE deal. Right. You know, I've got Sue Young in the car because I know like this bitch gonna make it. Like, I just knew. Like, Leva Bates, I tried to bring in for years because I'm like, this cosplay thing is going to be hot. I got to bring her in now. Like, I could see, I had a vision. And the vision usually did not involve five foot five motherfuckers. It just didn't. Um, And so, and so, you know, that was my, but they make the argument of their intent is different, right? They're moving the goalposts, which is, and I think it's legitimate, which is, you know, our intent is to get the guys seen elsewhere. Now, who's going to get, who, who, where do you have the best chance of getting into AEW? Some would argue GPW, but realistically, it's you guys, right? I, I, um, well, that is definitely, I think, the ongoing debate in Georgia wrestling right now behind the scenes. I think there's definitely a certain individual out there conveying that he's the road to that. And I get that. I would tend to say, as I sit on a certain tour bus this last Saturday night and had a conversation, we're probably out of a way to AEW. <laughs> as I was sitting in a hot tub with a little bit of bubbly, I'm not saying who, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, oh, Hankins, um, okay, action, Southern Honor, Southern Fried, sorry, man, uh, who? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say right now, for me. In fact, put me- put medals on these motherfuckers. Yeah, um, put medals on them. So for me, everybody has the metric that they are the best at, that they pound their chest at, and say that's what should make me promotion of the year. Certainly, Gary can talk crowd size because he fucking won the fight. Southern Fried is fighting that fight. Um, there's a little debate about what's going on there. 
Um, but I would say that the booking at Southern Fried is more consistent, and it is um, there's more variance on that show than I have seen at Gary's shows. Um, action okay. is just not in the running for me because they can't beat the other two at either one. There's not better okay, storytelling. Take, take action out. I, so it comes action. Down. I mean, that's just because it's in my mind. I'm, I'm going to throw another name in there. Sorry, Hankins. Uh, viral. Put viral there instead of action. I, I, making an argument for action is too difficult and impossible. Yeah. But viral, I'm going to throw them in there. Viral, as much as did, viral might have had the best show, the best single entity show this year. That fucking thing was amazing by all accounts. Um, if I had to pick right now, I would give it to Southern Fried for this reason and this reason alone. Ooh. I was at the Thousand Show with an open mind, wanting it to work. I saw a legitimate th- – there were more people in there than any either, any indie show I have seen in this state, and I left there disappointed because drastic mistakes were made with booking. Um, I'm a college football fan, and if I see you lose by a big number – then that's going to stick with me. And I understand everything that you're saying. I understand the points that all of, that you make. Now, my question – now, let me make sure we're all on the same page. We're still talking yes. about what makes promotion of the year, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. So my, for me personally, I go back to Buzz. If you go to Virginia and you were to show up at an independent wrestling show in Virginia and you were to ask, have you ever heard of Southern Fried? Viral. Southern Honor. I'm not saying ever, but more people outside of Georgia are going to know Southern Honor than any other promotion. More workers are going to know Southern Honor. The buzz, are the crowd size, the video production, I mean numbers. The numbers, so for me, but that's the promoter in me, it's always buzz. So and it's the buzz, and, it, and it's the event, and it was an event. It was an event, and the others were close. The, the closest is Shindig, maybe. Yeah. And I'll but. say this. I get mad, and, and I know, Steve, this is going to fly all over you, and I'm ready for you to go off. No. As an, in, as an industry guy, I get everything that Hank is to say, 100% about the thousand show. But I was at the back door, because I'm at the back door. I shake every motherfucker's hand when they leave our door. That's the pretty Yeah, you do. Me. And I talked to those fans weren't thinking about the fact that they just ruined that. They were like, holy shit. Sure. Sure. And so, and I think this yeah. is where it hurts Dylan. I will say that I think I hurt Dylan in his booking where Todd writes a consistent story. I ask Dylan all the time, I'm like, what are the three moments of this show? What are the three moments people are going to remember? I'm a moments guy. No one's, Matt, you're never going to forget being at an indie show and Judas hitting and Jericho being in the ring. And then you thinking that's the big reveal and the lights going out. Holy fuck! There's Kenny Omega in Canton, fucking Georgia. Like, well, yeah. that's a no doubt. Moment. Well, I knew it was coming, but that's fine. <laughs> but no, everybody else there, everybody else there was blown off their asses. There's no doubt about it, Gary. There's no yeah, doubt that I think that's the nobody was blown off their ass at Jericho. Okay, now obviously anybody that knows me knows my relationship with Chris. I think people were blown away that Kenny was there. And you know, it's a wrestling guy. I was marking out as I'm getting him through the crowd. I'm like, holy! I remember being like, holy fuck! I'm fighting through a crowd to get Kenny Omega to my ring. Now the action. I'll say this though: the action argument is that outside of Georgia, nobody knows who Southern Honor is. Nobody knows who Southern Fright is. They know who Action is. That's that. That's the argument. Um, 
I, I know Gary's position is horseshit. Hankins, what's your position? Is that um, any kind of ballot argument? Because, I mean, you're closer to the sort of egotastic yeah. shit than yeah. me and Gary and certainly there are. Is, there's, no <laughs> doubt, there's no doubt that the SCI crowd, who would be primarily outside of Georgia, is more familiar with action than they are Southern Fried or Southern Honor. But that audience is so minute, it is so small, and it is so mm. – uh, uh, insular that I'm, I can't give them too much credit for that. If I wanted to run a show that was just a copy of GCW, I could do it. Those guys aren't that mm. expensive. Um, and well, let me tell you this. Here's, here's where I'm going to argue with that crowd even those actions. Because three episodes ago, Flattner made a comment. He said oh, he that um, Griffin, I'm paraphrasing here, so let me make that clear. Yeah. He said his ego got into the way where he carried over action storylines to SCI, him the Billy Buck thing, and no one knew what the fuck was going on. True. So those fans don't know what's going that on. Is, that is that is true. If we're, if, now, if that's you're a, talking about storyline for storyline, absolutely. Now, if it was brand recognition and I put the Pepsi Challenge and I put the three logos up for the companies we're talking about, <laughs> I do believe okay. that they would pick action because that's where Marco Stunt's been. That's where the guys that they love have been. But again, I don't think that that is a sizable enough market and I and and truthfully, again, I am a guy who's always going to say, and I know Steve's against this, and I bet Gary is too. It has to happen here for me to consider it for a Georgia thing. A Georgia thing is a that. Georgia thing, aside from yep. SCI, which we all know. But those are all of our guys, and it would just be it would be arrogant and dumb to disregard what that show was the first two three times it happened. But yeah, right. it, it has to stay within the state. I mean, there's been Southern Honors footage on NXT when they introduced Austin Theory. They showed footage from our Certainly. show. Um, mm-hmm. on, on the road to the elite, the Chris Jericho, the whole angle for Jericho and Omega was Southern Honors footage because they didn't own the New Japan footage. They had to use ours. <laughs> um, you know, David Arquette on TMZ showing up at our show. So we've mm-hmm. got a lot of main – let me rephrase that. I don't know that we've got a lot of attention, but our footage has got a lot of attention. Yes, and my counter to that, Gary, would be I don't know that it helped you to the exponential way that it should have because of the because those guys weren't there repeatedly. No, it got our fans excited about the the typical phrase: "You never know who's going to show up." Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and all of those guys, I I can tell you backstory. Except for even Jericho and Omega. Here's what people don't know about that: Chris is a weird guy. And the fact that he will not commit because he never knows his schedule. So we felt very confident that that was going to happen, but we didn't know if that was going to happen until five days out. And to the point, that's why Cody was like, hey, I'll show up at the show and you can advertise me. Because we didn't know what was going to happen. David Arquette, we found out David Arquette was showing up three hours before the show. He was in town for the Super Bowl. He happened to call Dallas. He said, man, I got a film crew following me around. Uh, record my independence. So he said, man, my boys are doing a show tonight. You ought to show up. And Parquet was like, hell yeah, I'll show up. We didn't even know what match he was going to show up. And we told all the workers, hey, if you hear David Arquette's music show up, <laughs> the Hill's taking a chair shot. <laughs> That's how it works, you know. <laughs> man, I, you know, the, the the Arquette thing, this is just an aside. I shouldn't even bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up. I broke my heart um, because I had this plan of booking David Arquette years ago. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, I can confirm that, folks. I can confirm oh. that. 
Oh, and I mean, I was going to have a giant egg that we're going to have show after show and the gobbledygooker angle and like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And then it would open up and be David Arquette. And I just thought like, it's, it's like wrestling's two worst things like combined and, and me just shitting on her. Okay. Uh, here's another way. I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to gauge where the three of us are on this scale. How much do you hate wrestling? Um, one being, um, uh, let's say, <laughs> Jim Cornette, uh, Jeff G. Bailey. <laughs> like, I despise <laughs> wrestling, even if I pretend I love it. And then 10 being, um, the, the, like, the dipshit All Elite Marks guys, okay? Right. <laughs> who just who just swallow everything. God, I tried to listen to their last podcast. God, they just they love it all, right? Even when they completely disagree with Southern Honor, they basically talk themselves out of their own arguments, which is absolutely hysterical. It's such horrible quality. I've only listened like half a show. I can't listen to it. It's fucking awful. But but I mean, I you know those are your people. Just like I had, I mean, I had these team all you can eat guys. Gary, you wouldn't believe these fucks. Oh my god! I hope they have nothing to do with wrestling one anymore. One of them was a fucking genius. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you my answer on that question you just asked. Yeah. And I don't know if this makes sense. Let me elaborate on it. I don't oh, know about wrestling, but I love the wrestling business. It is the most fun I have ever had in my life. Does that make oh, sense? Oh boy. Barely. I kind of find myself in that. I find myself in that vein too. Um, I was. I'm gonna tell you right now. When I got home at about six o'clock today, I was probably at about a three because I'm just tired of everything. Nothing excites me. Um, I I watched Raw last night and I actually did enjoy it. So that that kind of that got brought me up to a three. And then I sat down and watched the Tracy's mother shoot interview. And I'm sitting at a solid six now, boys. It's a solid hard six. <laughs> but let me tell you this: I'm in that thing. Like I don't. The only wrestling I watch is once a month. My eight-year-old son I, and my fifteen-year-old son. They both come over and we watch the pay-per-views. I don't even know what the matches are. Yeah. I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> I will not watch AEW tomorrow night. I will not watch it. I probably never watched wow. a match in my life. I don't watch. I don't watch any of it. I don't get two shits about it. But God Almighty Jesus, I love this fucking business. It's the most cutthroat, backstabbing, carny bullshit I've ever been part of, and I love it. It gives me a fucking heart on. I mean, I'm, I mean, that's what I, I mean. I, it's clear, right? I hate wrestling, but I love the idea of wrestling, and uh, I certainly love. I, I kind of like the. Um, I don't know. I get, what's the best way to describe it? As the primordial ooze that's coming out of everything right now. That I'm fascinated with. I'll put it so. in perspective for you. I remember the first time my wife, I, I've always been fascinated with P.T. Barnum. And my wife could have given two shits. We went and saw The Greatest Showman, which is really an inaccurate depiction of P.T. Barnum. But when mm-hmm. we left there, my wife was real, real quiet. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And she said, oh, my God. Because I'm married. I married P.T. Barman. <laughs> and and then after I started wrestling, she she didn't know nothing about wrestling. She came to one of the shows and she's like, I'll never forget the phrase. She said, "Oh my God, all your redneck giftedness was made for wrestling mm. all things." <laughs> she, goes, she goes, "You are in your element." She goes, "I don't know anything about wrestling, but everything that is about you was made from what I just saw tonight." Yeah. Yep, it's accurate. 
Um, so Hankins, mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. We're, we're talking about everything, so let's talk about it. Um, fuck, man. Okay, let's let's say you're going to run a wrestling thing again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're head- certain buildings. you're you're heavy on art Gary's heavy on commerce but yet there's a part of Gary that wants to be known as being heavy on art right like it bothers you that action wrestling is seen as like the best bell for bell because more more than one occasion he's like what does that fucking mean and why isn't it us and blah 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 so I get that and it and Hankins bothers me for Dylan. I love Dylan and respect him. Mm, okay. Me for him. Okay. Now Hankins, is there a part of you that is bothered because unfortunately part of the PCW legacy is it's a show that overall is remembered as not getting very many people. Now I can nitpick and I can go, fuck you guys. Like there were shows at the masquerade that probably had 600 people watching, you know, 4th of July. We may have had like up to a thousand people watching this thing. And yeah, it was a free show. Blah, blah, blah. Right. I don't, I, I generally don't, don't fight that fight. Cause as I told you, I had to move the goalposts. I was never yeah, going to get the biggest crowd. Questions about PCW needs to go sit down and have drinks with the ox. I have. And he will tell you about the crowds for 4th of July. He will tell you about, I think, a WrestleMania weekend or something. Yeah. Crowd. I believe it's yeah. Masquerade. Masquerade. Um, yep. um, but, 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 I mean, overall, we also – but, but, you know, Hankins was also witness to shows where we literally had 10 people, yep. um, you know, and that kind of – where there were more, more – <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but they they each counted as two and a half. But uh, that's, that's like true. neither here nor there. And but but it's like, but Hankins, is there a part of you that is that wants to be known as? Well, fuck you. We do good numbers. Because I mean, you know, I was always asking numbers yeah. in spite yeah. of the fact that I was about art. Like yes, when I see Gary's crowd, I am jealous as shit. I just <laughs> there's just no. It would be it'd be dishonest to say that. But also. I know that I'm not that because I'm not going to – and I, the, the reason it really bothers me is because I know that falls on my shoulders, and I don't prioritize that as much as I do art, 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 make it work, make it feel like PCW, um, make it do its thing, make it, uh, make it to where that I know that we can run the next week and I don't have to count the fucking door. Um, and I'm going to be – I'm Pixies. I will always be Pixies, and Gary will always mm. be Nickelback. And I think this. Yeah. I think we're older now, and I we're all secure in what we're good at. I yes. think ten years ago I wouldn't have been that way. Yes. Now I'm like I am what I fucking am, dude. I'm carny, and it, it doesn't matter if it's a concert, a festival, or a wrestling thing. I'm going to get fucking people there. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, yeah, when I hear like Steve. We, we talked about a certain individual that I'm bringing in, and Steve threw me this fucking curveball story angle. Like, he was so fucking complicated. I, I was writing it down. He doesn't know that. I, it took me three days to process it before I got it. But once I got it, I was like, holy shit, that's really good. Yeah. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. You know, so I get jealous of that, too, but at the end of the day, it's just not who I am. I'm not my skill set. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, yeah, I had to go I, through that, too, because I got that angle, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. But... We've Steve has groomed Steve has groomed everything he's put his tentacles on in a way 
that that, sh- that crazy shit that you just described, and I know exactly what you're talking about, and it is crazy, but it makes sense to us because we've, we've been made to believe that's how you do it. I told you yeah. since me and him got past our pissing contest, mm-hmm. and he'll tell you this. I said, motherfucker, you'll work, for me. You'll work with me one day on our team. I, to me, to see Steve's stories and see Dylan digitally bring Steve's stories to life and my promoting, it probably will never happen, but I think it'd be pretty badass. You better stock up on TVs, bud. You better stock up on TVs. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, <laughs> Steve, you can't throw that. It's That's not ours. Um, still one of the best things Simon Sermon ever said to me when I picked <laughs> up a monitor. You can, Steve, you can't break that. It's not ours. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to ask Hankins first because I'm going to give Gary a chance to think of his answer, even though I think I know what it's going to be, but he shocks me all the time. Hankins, what are you better at than fucking everybody else in Georgia in the wrestling game? What are you I, the best at? I'm secretly, the best. not hey, so secretly. I'm the best at cutting promos of anybody acting. There ain't but one motherfucker. There ain't but one motherfucker better, and he currently ain't doing it. <laughs> better than anybody on that. Um, the thing I'm secretly better at is it's Saturday. We got five call outs. What the fuck you gonna do? Mm. Oh, I always fought for that for you. I always did. I was just like, nobody's better at that. You're as good or better than I was, and I thought I was the best, honestly. Uh, Gary, something that you're you're blatantly much better than everybody else at, and something you secretly think that you're better at, that you haven't revealed. Um, I think that I am better at rallying uniting groups of people for us against the world. I tell you, God's done everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just what I do. And I, I think, and I think would attest this, a large amount of our crowd is not wrestling crowd. It's funny because everybody thinks it's an action church crowd. Dude, there's probably not 40 people from action church at my shows. You know, they're just not. Um, it's the first thing I've ever done that people at my church are like, what the fuck, wrestling? F that. We can get behind yeah. the beer festivals. Man, we don't care about wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I, I, I do us against, I rally people to us against the world better than anyone. Um, I would agree with Hankins. I've watched his promos. They're phenomenal. Um, but my crowd eats my, now I, it's funny because this happens when I do mm-hmm. too. My crowd eats my shit up. Other churches, yeah, they do, in and they mm-hmm. look at me like deer in the headlights. They don't mm-hmm. get it. So I don't know that my. I think Hankins can translate anywhere. I can't. But to my crowd, there's nobody better on the mic. Yeah, know? fair. Now, that is a, that's fair. Archie, they'd be like, "Who the hell is this? Who the fuck is this? He ain't Franklin Dove." Right. But my crowd, <laughs> I mean, did they not eat it up? Oh, they eat it up. They, they, no, there, there's. I'd love to. I'd love to bust your chops on that. But no, you've. You have got that thing. They, it, it is a blessing and a curse. You are the show. That's not to say that you guys don't bust your ass and do a good show, but if you weren't there, it would be palpable. That is something that actually probably my next, and he doesn't know this yet, it is my next mentorship from Platinum. How do I start to move that away from that yep. because I didn't believe that for a long time. And now you've said that Gunner has said that Bailey has said that. And, um, I, I don't know that I don't, I mean, they say that at the church. I said, Gary leaves, let's just shut it down. Let's not even find another pastor, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I don't know. And I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, the Bible, 
the Bible says, I'm a big believer. Man, he raises up a man, a man for such a time as this. So maybe I'm the guy for that. And when I'm done, it's, I used to always believe, man, things are successful if they outlive you. I don't know that. It's for such, TCW, I mean, it outlived platinum. They but, said the same thing when Steve left. Like, they literally had those discussions, should we shut it down? Right. I mean, that's, that's real. Which, which strangely, I mean, it, I entertained it for a second around Sacred Ground 3, but then the guys were like, no, we got to keep it going. And so, of course. And then, and then, you know, when it was like, I never felt, I felt like I did Mackie wrong. Like, I never, like, I never did a thing, an overt gesture to let everybody know that he's the guy. Yeah. So he had a, he was the, you know, he was the fucking outbreak monkey. Right? Like he, he's fucking Ray he Perkins, a, man. You don't fill in Bear Bryant's shoes successfully. Right. Yeah, well, fucking Alabama football. Dynamic of Southern Honor. That's an interesting dynamic. Um, it legit is a partnership. So what I mean by that is the vibe, the marketing, the crowd is 100% Gary Lamb. It's my personality. But the in-ring, now it's starting to change a little bit because I'm turning fucking Dylan into a, a monster. But for a long time, it's been Dylan's personality, which is not aggressive. But now I'm right. pushing, hey, let's go after a gunner. Let's go after a Jeff Bailey. Hey, fucking Let's go after a Matt Hank and Mike. Let's get some of these guys in that are going to rock the boat. And I have proven to Dylan all these little fuck faces that think they're your friends are snakes in the fucking grass, and they're trying to destroy what you've built. And he's finally starting to see that. But that's a delicate balance because Dylan has to work with a lot of those individuals. And so I try to respect Dylan enough not to put him in weird positions. You need a, you need a locker room leader. Yep. You need a guy. I'm just going to say that blatantly. Uh, you, you know, like, like maybe a Logan Creed who's got the right heart and intent for it. I don't think he's the guy though. And I don't know the answer to the question. That guy's no, got to well, be home maybe. That's the difference is while That's Gary's locker room, home there's no doubt, Gary, that the guys that work for you, Love working for you because you have the best building. You've talked about you make sure that they're taken care of. It is a top-notch, top-shelf show. There's no doubt about it. But the guy that would be that is serving as the booker because he's the homegrown. You don't have a homegrown yet to wave the fucking banner. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's fair too. You don't have a guy yet who started uh, putting up the ring and, you know, took his lumps and worked his way up. You don't have him yet who's a homegrown, and that's the guy you got to have. I, and I'm saying that from a position of I inherited five of them, so I'm not sitting there saying, oh, you got to build them. And, and he was agent. I mean, it's hard because you guys don't have an agent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not Logan's personality. It 100% is Corey's personality. Mm-hmm. But I'm yes. trying to tell Corey, you've got to earn that right first. And I'm trying to teach Corey some leaders. I, I'm a huge Hollis fan. Like, I mean, for all talk to him every single day of my life but he's got to earn that right first you can't come in and be like hey motherfucker yeah you know what i mean you got to earn that right i think Corey will be that guy for us because he really believes in what we're doing oh i didn't even think of Corey if i'm being honest but so. he's so he's so abrasive he's mm-hmm. Corey, he is okay. he is how about this Corey hasn't hit the age yet 
where he's understanding of the young guys. Yep. He's just the age where the young guys piss him off still. Yep. Agreed. That's 100% true. Yep. And, 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 and what they don't realize is when they get mad at Corey, I'm like, if you get past your fucking ego, he just gave you gold. Mm-hmm. I just sucked it up like a sponge. Now I'm not a wrestler. Like the motherfucker's sharp. But your your pride's hurt right now because your daddy kept you on his pit forever. And so you're hurt right now. But once you get past it and you process what he said, he was right. And you've got several of those guys, and I think you're right, that it will click with those guys one day. Um, yeah. And uh, Joe Black would be another guy who has the kind of who – can, who can express himself in a way that he really can get through to these guys, but he's just not quite there the yet. Let me the mistake I made, Hankins. So when we were dealing with some stuff a couple of months ago, Joe came up to me and said, hey, can I address the locker room? Yep. Well, all it was just a crazy day. For, you know how there's just that one show mm-hmm. where everything's crazy? Uh, every show for me, but and, go ahead. <laughs> and I kind of dropped the ball in getting let Joe do it. Yeah. And, and it has bit us a little bit. Yep. Because I believe, because Joe does not speak. But no. Had Joe spoke, yep. they would have listened. Yep. And I am a, I like, Dylan makes fun of me. He called me a Joe Black Mark. Like, I think Joe is the shit. I think Joe and Hollis are fucking stars. Now, yeah, I don't know yeah. anything about wrestling. I'm just telling you, like, they're, I, I'm not saying Corey's an in-ring star. I'm saying Corey has a future in this business, and I think, like, I'm a Joe Mark. I make no I, – I don't even make bones about it. Yep. Yep. Huckabee's and, there and now. I, he's a guy that Mark. sort of serves in that in that role as well. He's a guy that's been around the block. Um, yeah. He he talks to the right people and gets a lot of right. feedback from a lot of places. So you've got guys there that – can potentially serve the role, and but it's not something you just get to anoint. You know, the guy doesn't like you said with Corey. You don't just get to be the locker room leader because you're the best guy. Nope, it just has to happen. Yep. And I and I tell you, it's funny. And actually, I don't know if you're coming Friday, Hankins, but that's actually some of the things I'm going to address Friday to the crowd is the changes that got to, we've got to make. And I think some of those changes will. It's funny going into year two. I see guys now like, like the, the, the lynch mob. Like, they're like, this is our fucking promotion. They've been there since day one. Yeah, you know yeah, mean? yeah. Um, Joe Black, this is our I, – I don't know what it is. I think people like milestones. And so now they're yeah. taking ownership, and that's huge. Yep. And, um, and you know, surprisingly, Dylan is a, is a leader. I, I used to not think Dylan was a leader because he was totally different than me. But I've learned that Dylan does lead, and he's getting more aggressive because he's sick of people trying to hijack his vision. Dylan had to get fucked a little bit. And yes. he got fucked, and now he's, he's you got to have those hard lessons. We're we're not making robots; we're making marines, right? Like um, that's I think it's something we can all agree on. Dylan and, you is know. the best in everybody, and I see the shit in everybody. So when I was thinking about, he was like, "You're wrong, you're wrong." I'm like, "No, that motherfucker's gonna screw you." I promise. And now he's learning. He's not. I'm not always right, but a lot of the motherfuckers are gonna screw him. <laughs> We haven't talked about the freaking show. So Friday, just do the boring nuts and bolts stuff because there's people like before, for the fence sitters who are like, okay, well, when is it? No, I kind of nonsense. Look, here it is. It's this Friday, going to <laughs> at 7, tailgate party at 530, bell time at 8 o'clock. At the end of the day, it's really, as we build, it's just going to be a celebration. We're, we've got some, I mean, we're closing out some storylines. We're closing out. I'll put this on the fucking air. We're closing out some mistakes, and um, we're getting some new things going into year two. But at the end of the day, the goal for this is, is just to celebrate. 
I told I, I gave Dylan two requests before we ever started. I said, I love the lynch mob. Please bring them in. And I said, on our one year anniversary, can we please do war games? Because I was a market. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I need war games with two rings. Now, I'd seen GPW do it with one ring and it pissed me off. And so I was like, I want two rings. So like before we ever started, we knew on our one year anniversary, we were doing war games with two rings. So this is my, I don't mark out much. It's my mark out moment. And, but it's really just going to be a party and it's going to be some closure on some things that we need to get rid of. And it's going to be a new chapter of some bringing in next level guys. The guys that get you to 500 can't always be the guys that get you to 1,000. And that's cold hearted, but that's business. Mm. Now, let me do you a favor, Gary, and let me give you this. I'm going to do this. I got to get going. You guys keep talking. We got to do birthday cake. I may call back, but you guys keep rolling. I'll do the big sign off. I'll, I'll make this professional. <laughs> All right, I look forward to talking to Hankins. I didn't, you know, Hankins is coming to my show, and I didn't even realize who the fuck he was for the last year. That's that dude right there. That's that dude. But I, I you asked me, you asked me what I thought about the show, and I said the big thing was we got to figure out how to end that thing. Here's how your last show should have ended, ladies and gentlemen. October fourth, Southern Honor Wrestling is still here, and we will be here at the Action Arena in Canton, Georgia. Bell time at 8 p.m., and you will see the culmination of one year of the hottest action in the history of Georgia wrestling. You will see William Huckabee face off against Joe Black. No restraining order, no police, no rules, no nothing, just violence. And in the main event, three teams, three teams of three men apiece, nine heroes and villains of Southern Honor Wrestling will face off. Blood, guts, and a title will be exchanged on that night because Southern Honor Wrestling is the biggest. Southern Honor Wrestling is the best. And Southern Honor Wrestling is still here. That's how you No, motherfucker, show. you're dead on right. That's Remember you when you show. sent me that message and I didn't understand it? <laughs> and I said, explain more to me. Mm-hmm. And you explained it. The minute you explained it, I screenshot it and sent it to the whole team. And I said, why the fuck is this not happening He's right. Can I tell you, a, I'm embarrassed to say this to you, Matt. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I've never seen one of the end of our shows because I run outside yep. to shake hands. I get it. So when you said that, I was like, motherfucker, yep. he is right. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck is it not ending like that? But I, I, I have literally never seen an ending of our show because I, I, I rushed to the parking lot to shake hands. And that's great. And there's that, but that that is where we, you know, I said also you gotta have you gotta have a man on the inside, and because right. because I've done all the jobs, I know how hard it is to do all the jobs. And you sent that to me, I screenshot it and sent it to my whole team. Yeah, but man, you know, you guys, you know, that's the thing. Um, we nitpick, and of course, Steve and I both do it. We were both on the phone, bitch, with each other after the thousand show because. We're industry guys, and we're especially we care about storytelling and booking and taking care of our own. And it just didn't play the way it should be. But you guys rallied from that. You bounced back. And even on your worst show, your worst attended show of the year, it was still a very good show. And it was still very well attended for that matter. But the yeah, Dylan I has grown by leaps and bounds since he made that I big think mistake. People forget, and this is hard for me to say because I am such an arrogant asshole. But it hit me, man, because I, I, I'm a big reflector. I, I'm a big milestone guy, too. So as we're coming up on one year, it's been a lot of reflection for me. 
I didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. Like, and, and how insulting of me. Like, I, I, literally, if I could sit down with Woody, and I, and I think I will make this all a branch one day, I would go to the GPW shows, and I would watch and be like, this sucks ass. I can do this better. And I do believe I can do it better. But I don't believe I can do it better a year ago. And no. it was a lot harder. And I'll tell you, the only way I can compare it is this. I had a buddy come up to me the other day, and he's like, hey, I got a, I got an ordination certificate through the mail where I could do someone's wedding. And it pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> right, because like, didn't, he didn't do the work. I was like, man, I have a doctorate. I went to school for eight years for that. And how insulting of me to think, man, wrestling, I can do that. Do that. And I do think I can do it. But I couldn't do it a year ago. No. And I can't even do it now. We've learned a lot. And Dylan, you know what? The Booker of the Year stuff. You know what? If Todd wins, I'm brokenhearted for Dylan. But at the end of the day, the fact that Dylan's even in the fucking talking on his first year of booking is amazing to me. Yep. I mean, we're young. In in the locker room, we probably could use a Hankins in the locker room. We could use a Bailey in the locker room. And I think that you will see as we move forward some, some reaching out to people like that. To be like, hey, man, are you ready? But it took me a year to realize what we needed. I knew that we could run for six to nine months on hype. Yep. And and now you, you got to let it. You got to separate the you know the wheat from the shade. You know, I mean, what you know, what I'm learning, and that's hard for my ego to say. But and man, like we like, there's a lot I would do different. You know, you said it yourself. Your number one strength is rallying your base against the world. And that is what is necessary in the beginning. Um, the, the Steve was the same way. I was the same way. Charles was the same way. Anarchy has always been that way. In the beginning, it has to be us against the world because the fight is so hard. Here in Georgia, you can't throw a rock without hitting a promotion in the head, and the first ten you hit are probably going to be shit. Um, so you got to keep fighting. But after you learn that lesson, yeah, when you've never done one thing, never done one thing. But you have to let the world in after that. After you've got the boys and the boys understand that you're there for them, then it is time to go start to pick and choose and let other influences come in because everybody gets stale. Everybody is not maximizing the roster, the, the talent pool that we have here. All of us fall short of that. We, we've got one of our biggest names that we're setting up by the end of the year to leave only because we know it's time for him to leave to come back three to four months later. Absolutely. You know I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's not that he's doing anything wrong. You just grow stale. You know How I mean? can I miss you if you won't go away? Damn, that's a good quote. <laughs> and I'm learning. And, and now I see this people, I don't think we ever got to answer this question. Steve said, what's the one thing people would find surprising about you mm-hmm. is surprisingly, I let my leaders lead. I don't think people had that, that perception of me. I let my leaders lead. I let Dylan lead his area. I let my production crew lead their area. I cast the big vision to them, and I let them lead. Yeah. So I think that I'm in a position where I could bring guys in that are respected, like, like a Jeff, for example. I, I think it's no secret that I went hard after Jeff. Absolutely. I, and there's I nobody better. Leery. I think <laughs> Jeff's a little leery because he's been burned so much. But I know that if I can get Jeff to commit to three months, he'll never leave me. Because he'll realize, motherfucker, I'm going to support you. Go run your shit. I got your back. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to – I'm not a micromanager. I am a big pitcher guy. And the areas that I do micromanage, I never give up. So you're going to laugh at this. I still set up every chair 
every show. I set up the goose, everything, because that's something that I do micromanage. So I'm not going to. It's not fair to give it to somebody else to come in and nitpick it. So I set up. I've been in, I've been in the building all day. They setting up chairs. Yeah. I set up the railing because I know exactly how I want them to look. Yep. And so the things that I, the environment, I won't ever give it up because I will micromanage. If it's an area that I feel like I need to micromanage, I just keep it. Yeah. And what, what that also that does, what that also does is it is a signal flag to the boys that I'm not above this. And I acknowledge because I had, you know, I, I came in the same way you did in that I'm not trained. I, you know, I was not a wrestler. I came in because of circumstances. Um, it tells the boys, hey, I understand my part here. I know that I'm not you, but I will put in the work. So when I ask now, you to go put in the work, yep. go do it. Now, what's interesting is, is I think, and, and we, me and Dylan have talked about this a lot, I think it's real easy. I, don't, I, I could be wrong here, and, and you correct me if I am. It's been very rarely that has, someone has a situation like we have building-wise. So I think that a year in, some of our guys, have take, they have taken it for granted. They show up on Friday and it's set up. They don't see it being set up. That they is. got set up on Monday and Tuesday. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. They take it for granted. <laughs> and um, But what people don't realize is I have a lot of respect for the industry. So, for example, they have tried to push me over and over into angles. And I'm like, how the fuck can I be in an angle? So if I get into a fight with someone and they beat me up, they beat the 43-year-old fat preacher up. But if I win, then they lost to the 43-year-old fat preacher. I don't – like you saw that I was the ref in the last yep. – they told me that 30 minutes before the show started because they knew if they told me ahead of time, I'd have fought them. Yep. I, I, I told Dylan the only thing I want to do is come out every show and give me five minutes on that mic to, to raw, raw, re-kick them in the knee. You know yep. what I mean? Yep, I do. I do. I do. And yep. I don't – everybody's like, it won't be long. I remember when I first started, it was like, it won't be long before he's in the ring. I will knock on wood. You don't ever want to say never. I don't ever see myself being in the ring. They wanted me to be the ref for war games. And I was like, fuck, no. no. I was so nervous I was going to fuck that up for those guys. <laughs> I'm not a ref, man. No. I don't know what I'm doing. In one of the highlight videos, you see me almost getting in their way. I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I don't I'm know doing. where I'm supposed to be. Yes, that's, that's, right. And that's right. You've got to keep and, that head because it is going to be the Booker's natural inclination that, as we said, you are the heartbeat. You're the most over thing on that show. So any Booker wants to play with that piece on the board. The pieces on the board. Well, it's another reason why I told Dylan, I told Dylan, I can't be fake. You can never turn me heel. No. Because at the end of the day, I still pastor in this town. Yep. Even though I'm the renegade pastor, I can't be one minute saying, hey, let's go feed the homeless. Yep. But then on the first Friday of the book, being like, you suck, unless you suck, and you're this, and you're that. And I said, I'm edgy enough as a face. I said, but you cannot turn me fucking heel. Because I can't, I, I want to be in, I want to be, I want to, for lack of a better, I want to be in gimmick twenty four seven, and the gimmick is me. Yeah, yeah, you are. You have a role to fulfill, and it is quite frankly, it is unique. It is a unique role within the state right now, and within much of wrestling that you are having to play because you have to do all the hard work, and then get none of the easy stuff, which is getting to, you know, to getting to work yourself into an angle because that shit's fun. But it, right, you're just not. It would be counterproductive to do that as right now for sure and quite frankly and if you ever get in a position where that feels like the right idea y'all have fucked up somewhere and i agree again I, there's just no win in 
you know, we've teased it with me and Ali. We've teased it with me and Danny. We've teased it with me and Alan. Early on, I needed to be the instigator. But, yeah. like, just let me come out and say, hold your fucking fork. Hold yep. another level. Fuck everybody. We're coming <laughs> for them. Pull the plug. And they rah, rah, rah. And they yay. And you're going right. about your business. And, you know, I had some right. feedback for you at the last show about how some things. So you, it's, it's a, a tightrope to walk. Um, but and like you said, the other thing is the value in your character for a Booker would be I want to kill it. If somebody beat the shit out of you and bled you up, yeah, that'd get a response. But like you said, right. come Sunday morning, Gary's got to be in front of the sheep. Gary's got to lead the flock. And if you can't commit to being fully gone away, the the facade will go away. The artifice will be dispersed, and you're done. So no, you're you're in a tight spot. It's my number one pet peeve, and I'll tell you this without saying names, and you'll know who I'm talking about. We're getting rid of a lot of guys, not because they're bad guys and not even because they're cancer, but because we are independent. They can wrestle anywhere, but we want guys that when they're a heel here, they're not a face 30 minutes down the road. Yeah. If they're a heel here, they understand they're a heel, and after their match, they're not taking a picture with their best buddy, and I guess this is a new generation saying, hey, that's just life. Cool. I'm not saying they're wrong, but that's not what I'm about. Like, no. I, I want the motherfuckers thinking you hate each other. Yep. You know, I mean, someone sent me a message the other day and said, kudos to you. Huckabee showed up at our show with an iPad. An iPad, John. <laughs> and he was like, kudos. And I was like, awesome. iPad. And you know but, what I mean? And that's that's, what that's I the want. difference in guys that get it and guys that value being booked and guys that value the business. Um, and if you get enough of those, you'll run forever. Well, God damn it, Gary, we'll talk forever. <laughs> Go ahead. Close her out. Shut her down. Give me the offer call, baby. Bring me in. I'm going to start playing Old Rugged Church, Old Rugged Cross, real slow, on, real light on the organ, and we're going to do this old school. <laughs> we're going to do the first, second, the fourth hymnal. And come on down this Friday night. Hey, how about this? If you want to get technical, the real church of Southern Rest. Ooh! 261, Marietta Road, Canton, Georgia. Still here when all you motherfuckers thought we wouldn't be. The one-year anniversary, war games, three teams, nine individuals, whoever gets the pins, the champions. Like you said, Sean Dean and Ashton Starr, the Lynch Mob. Hey, not yet rated. War games. It is going to be an inc- Joe and Huck. What a great storyline that's been. I think people have missed out on the power of that story that we've told. They have. And, um, um, they have. I have been very vocal, very vocal with the participants in that story of do not let this get messed up because you're doing something great. So fight no, whatever is, fight you got to fight and make sure that this goes off the way it needs to go and off. At the because end of you're the, the day, one of the, one of the mistakes I've made in my past and other endeavors is I didn't enjoy the ride. So while I want to – I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you. I want to hit a grand slam Friday night. But at the end of the day, for the first time probably ever in my life, I just want to celebrate what we've accomplished with the people who helped us accomplish it. And um, so it's a delicate balance to me. You know what I mean? I'll say this, Gary, and I'm going to make a prediction for you. This used to happen to me once a year when it was sacred ground time. When you wake up Friday morning, it's going to feel different. It won't feel like show day. It will feel like something else. 
and you ride that ceiling as long as you can ride it. Do not get lost in the sauce of running the show. Ride that ceiling, and everybody else will have it too. And it will permeate no, through you, and you it, let man. them have it. You let you I let it ride. I on so much stuff that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. The no. work the work's been done. The boys are going to perform. You know that. I feel like I'm giving the speech before Sacred Ground. This is a little insight for everybody <laughs> of how Hank gets talked before the show. But, like, the work has already been done. You've made it a year. Stories have been told. It's all set up. You know your horses can go run the race. You just got to let them know. Run it hard and enjoy it. Because there's nothing that the, the secret to running one giant show a year is there's nothing better than that feeling of it's our day. No other show is going to matter. Doesn't matter what anybody else is saying or doing. When it's your day, when it's your show, there is a special feeling, and not everybody gets to have that. So my advice to you, for whatever I know, is drink every bit of it in. And put oh, something on that smoker. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, hey, I think you, and this is not bullshit right here, I think you prepared enough about wrestling and Southern Honor to not blow smoke up my ass all the time. Couldn't it, do it. When I've asked your opinion, you've always been honest, man. And it's made, while it's hurt my ego sometimes, I think ultimately it's made us better. And I look forward to us doing something together real soon, man. Absolutely. Well, somehow, Matt Hankins and Gary Lamb are here on Tipping Point. I don't know how it happened, but it did happen. Um, thank you to Larry and Steve. Uh, we cannot wait for Larry to be back with us. Uh, we know he's he's working on it. We know he's getting out there writing some reviews. Uh, Georgia Wrestling History, Blog Talk, News and Notes, whatever it is, you know where to find Georgia it. Georgia Wrestling <laughs> is alive and thriving. It is, a, it is more alive than it has been in many years. You can see Gary's show October 4th, and you can see me just about anywhere you want to. Um, but this has been Tipping Point. I'm Matt Hankins, and that's Gary Lamb. Thank you, folks. Hey, talk to you later, brother. All right, baby. We'll see you. All right, bye.